Ladies and gentlemen, today's episode of The System is Down is brought to you in part by Polish Karen for Florida. This is uh, C.D. McRae. You need to go to Florida. I've been informed that I've been instructed to harass you into moving to Florida. I hear they have such great local attractions like alligators and boomers and meth, homeless camps, and a wet, wet heat. But there are also, I guess, decent libertarians down there, um, like Ron DeSantis, I'm pretty sure. I don't know. I don't follow I follow politicians. But I guess there's some libertarians down in there in the country's wang, and um, they are really encouraging you to move to Florida. At some point in your life, you will do it. At some point in your life, you will make the right choice. Will it be now, or will it be later? The choice is yours. Make the right one. Move to Florida. Polish Karen for Florida. Polish Karen for Florida. All right, let's do this thing. Here we go. The following is a Goulash Media production. Goulashmedia.net Gentlemen, welcome back to the least comfortable show on the web. It's The System is Down, where we talk about all the uncomfortable topics like conspiracies, politics, religion, and uh, all the liberty events that I've had going on over the summer. It's been a crazy hell of a summer. I've gone on four fly-out trips so far. It's been chaos, and it's only June, and uh, we're not done yet. I've got wedding season coming up, so busy, busy, busy. Um, That is why I'm not live streaming today. That is why I did not live stream yesterday. That is why I'm not sure how much I will be live streaming, but we will get back to the live streaming at some point, and in the meantime, we will have some fun episodes like this that I can do on my adventures out and about, because I definitely was not going to try and get a live stream set up at going at Porkfest. I couldn't even, uh, you know, call my family from Porkfest successfully. I couldn't even download an email at Porkfest successfully, but it was fun, and we're going to talk about that a lot today, and oh, so much more, um, but I'll give you a little, we're going to get into all these mini-interviews, there's there's a bunch, There's this is a long one, it's, it's way more than I had from the Reno one, um, but uh, yeah, so, some things to address in the intro here before we get into all that stuff, um, if you missed it, I put, Mark Claire and I did the wrap-up of, um, actually here, our, our main sponsor, first and foremost, this will lead straight into that. It'll it'll go way smoother than whatever this is. But my favorite sponsor is you guys in the Downers Club. My favorite sponsor is you guys in the Downers Club. People like Scott Richards, uh, Joey Ferguson, David Bradley, James Jenneman, Donald Via, Jack, Zach something, Tom, Gid Kid, Alex Magoo, Mike Heffalumps. Uh, I met Heffalumps Woozles at uh, Porkfest. I'm not sure if I'm supposed to say anything else because I know it's a... It's a fake name. It's not It's not their real given birth name. I'm not sure how much more information I should disclose. That's kind of the weird thing about going out to these libertarian events. You have people come up to you who are like, hey, I'm this person on Twitter, but don't tell anybody. So it's like, I met that person, on tw- that person from Twitter in real life, but I'm not sure if they... I can't keep track of who 
has a problem with me telling people or who doesn't. But whatever. Uh, but a bunch of cool people on that list. If you'd like to get your name on that list, if you'd like to support what we're doing here. Oh, shout out to Amy Lepore and Dylan who are uh, sponsoring at, at the sponsor level where they get an ad, but they haven't sent me information for an ad, so I'm just going to keep promoting them. Check out LP of Delaware. I just found out that somebody strolled up to a, a, a LP Delaware event on a Harley or a bike or something. Dave Casey posted it. Apparently, the guy, he rode up listening to Freedom or Die, which was pretty, which is pretty cool. Um, and then, apparently, this show is what helped his, that guy's wife find the Libertarian Party of Delaware, and now they're making friends and making culture there. Uh, so all sorts of wonderful things going on in Delaware, and um, God bless y'all for doing it. There's still the debate over New Hampshire versus Delaware, um, who my, my, my family away from family is. I mean, it's both in some way. One of them has to be the immediate family, and one of them has to be like the slightly extended family. I can't, it, it's, it's a toss-up. I'll be honest, it's a toss-up. There's some I, New Hampshire gets a lot of credit for being all based and pork festy and free state project and all that stuff. But Delaware, those guys are cool. All right, let's check out the LP of Delaware. They keep letting me crash at their places, so I like them. Anyway, um, if you would like to sponsor this show, uh, I forgot what I was doing here. If you'd like to sponsor this show, if you would like to promote your stuff, if you'd like to get ad-free version, versions of the show where you don't have to hear me rant about... Things like C.D. McRae or uh, Asteros or Jack Casey's Gay New Books. Um, you can join the Downers Club. You can not only get uh, ad-free versions of the show, uh, but you can also get bonus episodes every single week, including, I've got, I believe, some bonus from Porkfest that's going to come out. And it's uh, it's fun, word salad, silly nonsense with bad audio this time, but uh, it's it's still a lot of fun. I listened back to it, and I'm like, I don't know, man. This isn't good. <laughs> like, this isn't good quality. I know I'm not promoting my Patreon very well here, but I was like, uh, I I asked a lot of really stupid questions really late at night um, after a few drinks. And uh, it's fun, and the audio is not great, but I harassed people like uh, Jeremy Kaufman, Carlin Borisenko, and Pat Ford. Pat Ford was, like, the most paced person I've ever um, interviewed and it was just, it was supposed to be a joke, and he made it incredible. So, that'll be coming out soon at uh, patreon.com forward slash the system down. Get that and all of the bonus content. More weird, more raw, more offensive, more weekly content. Usually, every, every single time we do an episode, we do a bonus episode. So, weekly. Including, um, as I mentioned, here, patreon.com forward slash the system down. That, that's enough of that. All right. As I mentioned, or started to mention, Mark Claire and I, Yesterday, we did a recap of the finale of Obi-Wan Kenobi, the series, because we do lots of fun things around here. It's not just uncomfortable content. Sometimes it's us ranting about TV show nerdy things that we like. Um, you can get the entire recaps of all those things in the Patreon, but you can get the finale recap right now, wherever you're listening to this, on YouTube, on Spotify, on iTunes, or whatever you're listening to this on came out yesterday to the general public, and it was a fun chat. I bring that up because that episode came out while I was at Borkfest. I keep wanting to say Reno. Uh, the, the show premiered while I was in Reno, um, and then it wrapped up while I was at Borkfest. So uh, we're a little behind on our scheduling, obviously. But I bring this up just because I came back to find this, the, the Star Wars uh, hologram picture thing. It's, like, big and heavy and beautiful. It had 
taken a dive. It just jumped off the wall. It committed suicide. I'm pretty sure it's in response to the finale of Obi-Wan Kenobi. So uh, that's all I'll say for now. If you want to hear my full, me and Mark's full recap of it, go check it out wherever you're listening to this. Just go to the one before it. All right, so there's some things that I wanted to address here. Um, so just some highlights and things that I don't think are touched on in any of these other interviews or anything else. Um, so we'll go through those and then we'll jump into it. But um, uh, let me see. So, yeah, so so long trip. This is like, again, my fourth trip of the year flying. And I don't know, before like the last year or two, I don't fly much or I haven't flown a lot. But now I'm to the point where I'm like, this is... This is tiring and boring, and uh, it's not stressful anymore. It's just exhausting, but um, it's still fun. There's like a process to planes that once you figure it out and once you know the process, it's kind of it's kind of fun, almost like you're getting away with something. But um, <laughs> I don't know. Like falling asleep on planes is awful. Like no matter how tired I am, I usually can't fall asleep on a plane. I can never fall asleep on a plane unless there's something that I planned on getting done on a plane. If I'm not tired, I won't be productive at all. I don't know why, but my mind will just wander. I'll listen to a podcast or something. I won't end up getting anything done, any work or anything on the plane. But if I do feel productive and want to get something done, I'm going to fall asleep within the first, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes. And it'll be like that fade in and out, you know, that really painful, like when you're driving a car, trying to stay awake, or when you're you're doing your homework as a child and um, or you're working on something and you keep nodding off. That is the worst. That's like that's like psychological torture for yourself because you you keep waking up being like, did I do the thing right? It's even worse when you're like trying to write a, a, an email and you're going to hit send and you're like, you can't get through with homework. You at least have a chance to review it in the morning with the email. You're like, I'm sending this right now. So I have to wake up. I, I digress here though, but sleeping on planes is kind of torture because it only happens when you least expect it and least desire it. And it's usually like for me about five minutes before we hit the ground. <laughs> so it's like, I'm tired and I'm nodding off. I'm like, all right, screw it. I'm going to give in. I'm going to go to sleep. And just as I do, it's like jolting awake and horrifying. So there's that. Um, it, it's been a lot of, like, I had two layovers each way. Uh, so in the last couple flights, I've been on, like, I don't know, 15, 20 planes. And um, it's, yeah, it, you forget where you are. I understand how Joe Biden forgets what state he's in. Once you, you're up there, once you're down, once somebody else is taking control of your travel, it doesn't really matter where you are. <laughs> like, I'm just going to be wherever they, they send me. So... Um, I keep wanting to say Reno. I, I don't hold it against Joe Biden for forgetting where he is. That's all. Um, I, I mean, there's plenty of other stuff. One or two things, like dementia, that is a little bit concerning. But um, I don't know. Maybe I have early, early onset dementia because I also have a terrible time remembering people's names, especially at these events, especially going to multiple ones back to back to back. And uh, it, like, it's not it's it's really bad. <laughs> like. I I had like some people where I'm like, hello, and like talk to them for five minutes or so, and I'll leave for five minutes and come back and introduce myself again. Like the they they say that you can only hold like I don't know one 120 to 150 people's names in your brain or something like that. Like I'm really bad with faces and names unless I've had like a long conversation, really gotten into something. I'm probably not going to remember you, and it's nothing personal. You're just boring. Um, no. Um, but yeah, it, it's uh it's not good. It's it's really. 
quite um, a little bit embarrassing <laughs> to be like, hey, how are you? I'm Dan again. And uh, they're like, yeah, I know. We just talked. Like, nah. So if I did that to you, I apologize. And if uh, we talked, please, like, I don't know, hit me up. Hit me up on Twitter. Slide into my DMs and say, hey, give me a, a mental reminder of uh, what we talked about because that, that helps. There's a guy from, like, two years ago who we stayed up late talking about QAnon stuff. And I still remember him to this day just because we talked about some crazy shit. And uh, we did that again this year, which was fantastic to catch up on how wrong he is. But uh, but it's great. I love it. And I love all, all those people. But yeah, um, hit me up. Remind me of things that I may have may or may not have forgotten. But a lot of the stuff that I did over the weekend was a lot of the highlights were hanging out with Jeremy, um, Jeremy Kaufman, the evil, evil, dastardly man that he is. Um, yeah, we did a, a Jeremy Kaufman video premiere. I did a Jeremy interview. Uh, the, the premiere was great. Um, you're going to see the entire premiere here in this episode. I included that in after my interview with Jeremy. You'll see uh, some of the stuff leading up to the premiere in the Mises Caucus tent. Then you'll see the people's actual audience reaction to watching this video in, at the official premiere for the first time, which I think is neat. You might think it's nerdy and dumb, but um, I enjoy that type of thing, so maybe you do too. Uh, uh, yeah, I hung out with Jeremy. Shot a freaking, I can't talk too much about it, but uh, lots, lots of ads have been shot over the last week for Jeremy Kaufman, and there's lots more to come. We may or may not have done something with Robbie Bernstein, no spoilers. It may or may not have been uh, one of the most tiring things that I did at Porkfest, just hanging off the back of a golf cart in the heat with no water, and no food, and disorienting. Yeah, it was fun. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm trying to say. But uh, yeah, lots of fun stuff that's going to be coming out. Not everything from Porkfest is going to be wrapped up into this one episode. There's going to be different videos here and there, similar to what I've done with Reno. And I still probably will do some stuff with Reno. It's just, I'm a one-man show here, and I'm on to the next project now that, even though that Reno project, there's more that I would like to continue releasing with that. I do what I can, all right? So um, I uh, yeah hung out with Jeremy a bunch, hung off the golf cart, stayed a stayed an extra day and shot some more ads with Jeremy on some very hot button topics of the day, and uh, Reed Coverdale hung out with us too. Reed Coverdale got me dinner, um, which was very nice of him. Jeremy bought me a meal. I'm trying to think of who all bought me things. Some people bought me drinks and things. Thank you, thank you all for that. I'm very appreciative of that. But uh, yeah, hanging out with. Jeremy, Reed, Clint, um, everybody in this episode, basically, um, and obviously a bunch of others, but um, those were the highlights. Lots of great people, and I remember some of them. <laughs> um, if I don't remember you, just be more interesting, I suppose. <laughs> uh, but there there was one guy, uh, one story that I want to share in particular, where um, like, I had I had some people recognizing me all week long, which is cool and stuff like uh, not bragging or anything but uh no it's cool and weird and different to be recognized for anything but it's also it's even more weird that i don't think for the most part i'm being recognized for my show <laughs> i think for the most part i'm being recognized for political ads which i talked about in my speech that is going to be coming out later as well yes i gave a speech on propaganda and stuff um i think i'm mostly being recognized for my ads and associations which is a little bit dumb quite frankly, a little bit stupid, a little bit retarded, because um, 
when in history has anybody ever been a fan of political ads, other than maybe the exception of the three or four Jed Weiss videos for the McAfee campaign, which inspired me. Um, it's weird. It's weird. Kind of dumb. Pretty neat, I guess. I don't know. But uh, I was down at the campfire, the bonfire at Porkfest, and hanging out with some friends whose names I don't remember uh, in a circle, and it was dark, and everybody was a silhouette, and I'm, I'm bad with names and faces to begin with, as has already been addressed here. But uh, there was a one guy who was like in this circle, and he was like shouting loudly and almost aggressively about how much he enjoyed the uh, the Jeremy Kaufman videos, and he was like he was like ranting about the different parts and everything. He didn't know that I was standing there, or he didn't know who I was. He didn't know who I was because at some point I interacted with him and he kept going and explaining to me how great these videos were, which like as much as I enjoy being recognized, I guess, like that's weird. I, I enjoy more being the fly on the wall, listening to somebody rant about how good the shit is and how much they enjoy it. So like that mean that means more to me. I'll, I'll be honest. If I could uh, be a fly on the wall for all of you to rant about how much you love me, then that would bring me great joy because... Then I don't have to talk to you. <laughs> no, um, the yeah, I, I was down there hanging out with some people. There were a couple of people that were there who knew who I was, and they understood how hilarious this was. So they at least enjoyed the moment. Um, I didn't have my camera rolling, unfortunately, but uh, listening to this guy was great. And he was just uh, explaining to me uh, the different parts of the reptile or the lizard person ad and the war is gay ad. And he's, uh, I'm like, yeah, tell me more or whatever. Um, but it was funny, and then when he realized it, it was it was obviously even funnier. But cool stuff, lots of great people, lots of fun. Um, yeah, I gave my speech. Uh, already talked about that. I think that's that's pretty much it. Um, yeah, not a lot of like celebritarians. No offense to anybody who was there. There were a lot of well-known people, but um, fewer like Dave Smiths, Spike Cohenses, and uh, and so forth. Some of the some of the you know the bustle that brought people out last year, there were still the same amount of people, but it seemed like it was more decentralized this year than ever with uh, fewer like mainstream names on the pavilion stage, which is, which has its upsides and its downsides. Like I do think those names do bring in certain people, but a lot of what Porkfest is, as you're going to find out is just the hang. It's the uh, community and uh, being around like-minded people. Now, in addition to this episode that we're doing here, which I have already taken way too long in the intro setting up, um, uh, I, I did, uh, like I mentioned, the bonus show where I'm sa word salad ranting random questions at people in the Mises Caucus tent. You can get that in the Downers Club. Uh, but I also did an entire episode, a full episode conversation on the ride back to the airport. There's like a two-hour drive from Porkfest back to Manchester, and Bill Barger uh, at Bill is a Joke and I did just... Just ranted, just talked for like an hour and a half or so. Um, that'll be coming out, I don't know, as soon as I get it done. <laughs> like all this stuff, I don't really have plans on what, when, what's coming out when, but they will come out as soon as they're done. Uh, that'll be coming out soon. I didn't want to tack it onto this because it's like a full episode of its own. So be on the lookout for that as well. But uh, we'll get into this right now. This is uh, my mini interview, Dan on the street stuff, uh, me roaming around, shoving mics in people's faces at Porkfest 2022, and I guess we will start again with Toad. All right, let's get weird. What's up, Dan? <laughs> 
Hello, sir. We are here. Uh, I traveled all the way to the Mount Forest Mountains of New Hampshire in Porkfest 2022 to solely to meet with Toad. That's right. I'm your only interview today, right? I, I came here. You're the only interview this week. Yeah, I'm not. This is the, they brought me out here just to meet you. That's right. I'm, I'm the big dog now, man. Yes. Uh, so you are following me, actually, it seems like, because we just met two weeks ago or we just did this thing two weeks ago and um has it how have things transpired since then how's your life been well you're right uh you've uh, uncovered the fact that i am actually a fed so i know where you are at all times i've been stalking you the whole time i'm, I'm not i didn't even realize this was pork fest i was just like oh dan's in the mountains of new hampshire right now it's fine this is just the the gps coordinates that we had for uh for the agenda for this week so this is where we are uh how are you liking pork fest so far as a fed who just uh, stumbled upon this I'm watching all of you, uh, but actually, yeah, Porkfest has been fun so far. Uh, I mean, the first time I came was last year and had a lot of fun, so I'm like, I'm definitely doing it again. So pretty quickly, I just got my ticket, reserved my spot, got my hotel for this year's, and I think it's been a little bit quieter than last year's was. The last year's was, was wild, and this year, unfortunately, we don't have Dave Smith or Tom Woods, so that takes a little bit away from it, but it's still been fun, and I think today is going to be like the big the big day where everybody is here. So I expect it to be a, a wild night, probably right here. Yeah, it's been pretty slow uh, because the Mises Caucus like dominated last year and everybody's super hyped about it. Now that we've taken Reno in Reno and we've taken the Libertarian Party and all that, clearly this uh, there's no movement left and we've all abandoned this. How do you feel about the Mises Caucus um, dying off immediately, <laughs> as was predicted by the fake Artarians? Um, I don't think that uh, we have actually died off. Uh, I think that it was a lot of hype leading up to like, yes, we're going to take over. And now that we've done it, it's just kind of like we're kind of just chilling now. We're just vibing. And I also or not. It seems like not. Well, seems like we're not vibing. Seems like we're going about our lives and working. Um, I don't think so. I think everybody's just kind of smoking weed here and, uh, like I said, just chilling. But I also, I speaking of weed, involved. <laughs> it's Weed Coverdale, everyone. Oh, no. What's going on, guys? How are you doing? Oh, shit. It's, I almost wore this same shirt today, so that would have been really bad if I did that. We'd look really no, gay right now. Good. Even though the fact, that, uh, the fact that we, uh, the fact that uh, the two of us slept together last night was gay enough, so I didn't want to make it more homoerotic. But I'm blaming uh, the guys at the Shell, the New Hampshire uh, Libertarian Party, who are Mises Caucus guys for the most part. I'm blaming them for kind of the reason why the Mises Caucus tent here is kind of more shit. Shit, no, it's shit. It's, it's, it was fun last night. It's been a little more dead than it was uh, last year because they're attracting a bunch of people over to the shell tent. So it's kind of like we have these two competing tents here and you kind of have to rotate between both of them at night to get the full. The Pork Fest crowd is made up by people who show up. That's a, a wise man once said, I'm pretty sure that. Um, yeah, and not they're not showing up. Yeah, that guy has not shown up, so that's interesting. He was here in disguise, basically, incognito last year, and I have not seen him at all this year, so. I mean, he's a, he's a co-worker of yours, right? Well, yeah, we both work for the CIA, so that's definitely true. Nice. Um, but for real, like, what did bring you out again this year? I know there was the, the hype of last year and everything. Like, what's been some of your favorite stuff at the festival? 
Uh, I just think it's fun overall, and it's the fact that you get to be there in person with a whole bunch of people who more or less agree with you on all this stuff. And I live in like a blue city, so I don't really get that outside of libertarian events. So it's like, well, I definitely want to do this. And it's also to see some of the speakers that are here. We got Scott Horton here, and unfortunately Dave is not going to be here this year, but uh, Robbie the Fire, you know, we still have some huge things going on, like on the main stage and stuff. And Clinton Reed, those fuckers, (laughs) they're all right. Yeah, Dave Smith faked a death in the family, I think, to get out of responsibilities of showing up and being here. Yeah, he didn't want to go to Tom's wedding either, so uh, he's just lying about all that just so he can uh, be with his family probably. What a motherfucker. It's funny that all these guys suddenly had, you know, life responsibilities come up uh, at the time that we're celebrating our victory in Reno. But, hey, whatever. Um, Now, I don't don't know. Like, Reed is okay and Clint is okay. But are they really, like, worth coming out to the middle of the woods and possibly getting eaten by bears in order to be next to or sleep with? Are they they that good of a lie? That's my question. Um... Yeah, man, you, uh, you got to try that bussy, and then you'll find out. Well, it's only, uh, what, Thursday? So there's still time. Um, who is, who's, uh, who's speaking today? Who's, like, some of the people that you're most excited to see? So coming up uh, at noon, uh, Scott Horton is debating Kathy Young on the war in Ukraine. So Scott Horton is going to smash another neocon in a debate, and I believe Gene Epstein is moderating that. I think it's a Soho Forum one because he is here, so I think that's going to be really good, and then it's going to be the Reed Coverdale Fest today, so I'm going to be popping a boner probably around 3, uh, three in the afternoon because he's doing stuff from like 3 to 5, and then we have uh, Robbie's comedy show tonight at 6, so... And Robbie's doing Run Your Mouth, I think, at one thirty or something right after the Scott debate. So all that shit's happening today. Yeah. What do you think are uh, completely diverting topics entirely? What do you think is the most important thing that's happening in the world right now that people should know about? Oh, that's tough, man. Between, like, getting rid of, like, the remnants of the COVID regime and fighting what we know are, like, on co- like new lockdowns are coming in. Like We're starting to see it in France based on... Like, we're getting gas lockdowns now. Yeah, gas lockdowns. Like, that shit needs to be fought, like, right now as we see, like, the start of it. Although, really, the COVID stuff was kind of the start of that. It was like a test run. So I think that shit is the most important because it affects us directly every day. That definitely needs to be fought. That and the foreign wars... Those are the main two things, and you could argue the Fed because that's kind of what everything stems from. So those are the most important issues. And as a shit poster on Twitter, what are you doing to fight these things? Uh, I am, yeah, shit posting the hell out of politicians on there and trying to make them cry. Based. Hell yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, Tower Power Hour, are you guys doing, uh, you guys are having a show here, I'm pretty sure, at some point. Uh, what all do you have planned for the week for you guys? Yeah, so we're doing a bunch of stuff. So we do Wednesday nights usually, so we did actually still do our Wednesday night typical episode last night. Uh, Reed, Clint, and I were all kind of on top of each other, all in the same hotel room, which was very homoerotic and fun. So we had Royce Lopez from... It's still June, I'm pretty sure. So you're you're just celebrating your pride. Uh, Yeah, uh, we're celebrating Pride Month by... yeah, genociding trans people. No, that's not what we're doing. We, uh, the genocide month was April. All right, we're we're doing conspiracies this month. So last night's episode uh, was online. We had Royce Lopez on, who is uh, from the Revenge of the Cis podcast. So he does a podcast similar to ours. That's 
politics mashed with comedy, mostly comedy. Really funny guy. Uh, definitely check out his show. Check out the show that we did with him last night. We had the full gang on board for that. It was definitely a gangbang. Tonight, live at Porkfest, uh, we're trying to get a live audience over here at 9 p.m. here at the Mises Tent. Uh, we're doing a show with Richard Grove, and we're going to talk more conspiracy shit. Dealer's choice, basically, doing that. And then to finish out the month... Will you be talking about uh, who deserves to be most genocided with Richard Grove? Uh, we're probably going to be talking about the Jews. So I don't know if that answers the question or not. It does. Okay. <laughs> and then uh, we're closing out the month uh, Wednesday the 29th with Ryan Dawson coming on to talk Holocaust revisionism. So that will be the finale of the month. And then I think what we're probably going to start... Wait, you, ha you have a new YouTube set up since you got taken down, um, and you're planning on setting up third YouTube right after the, the Ryan Dawson comes on for that, right? Yeah, we're going to keep creating YouTube channels um, as they keep banning us. Uh, I mean, I don't know what they're going to do. Maybe they'll IP ban me, but I use a VPN, so fuck YouTube. <laughs> Agreed. Well, we're using it to stream just so we get more live viewers, live comments, but the Odyssey chat does pretty well for us now. We get decent views on Odyssey now that we've kind of made that our place, so we're just going to continue doing what we do, and I think that's it. Hopefully we do a uh, Porkfest recap uh, to start. July, so that would be fun as well because we got a lot of shit going on here and some funny shit that we can talk about. Absolutely. And speaking of transgenocide, um, just uh, I've, I've seen the Libertarian Party speaking out against Aleppo, and uh, there's some people, some detractors who are, or not Aleppo, uh, Yemen. <laughs> I'm like, what is that? Uh, what is Aleppo, actually? Um, no. Uh, is, is Aleppo, like, I don't know, is that a trans leper or something? We call them lepos? I have no idea. It's no, a, it's a leper homo. That's what I'm saying. I, I don't think there. I don't think anybody knows what Aleppo is, and uh, I don't think there's any way of finding out. Um, no, uh, with this, uh, the Libertarian Party speaking out against Yemen, they're doing like a campaign. I've seen some people online that are reading about uh, why are you so focused on Yemen? It's only because you people like Scott Horton. First off, yes, because he's the best on that stuff, so that would make sense that we would go with what he's talking about. But um, it's basically a all wars matter moment, which is very odd, and uh, they seem to have a problem with us talking about. About genocide, literal genocide in Yemen, yeah. they would rather us talk about word genocide of, of the trans community that I've seen a lot of on Twitter lately. Um, what are your thoughts on this? Right. Um, I think, yeah, the reason why we're focused on the war in Yemen is because it's one of the worst things that's going on in the world right now. Not the trans genocide? There is no trans genocide going on. Uh, you're a trans genocide denier? Is that what you're saying? Absolutely, I am. Uh, I denounce. There is no trans holocaust. Six, six million is way too high of a number. There's no way that's true. Six is even way too high. Um, I don't know why I come to these things. <laughs> so, yeah, the war in Yemen, literal genocide that the U.S. is funding and supporting the Saudis in making that happen. Right now, there's currently a ceasefire that's been going on for about three months there, and there is a War Powers Resolution Act in front of the House right now where... We can essentially actually end the war in Yemen if this thing actually winds up getting through and we can kind of force Biden to have to actually end that war. So for all those reasons, that's why we're focusing on that right now, because we think we may actually be able to accomplish that. Absolutely. And what is uh, with uh, the new Libertarian Party Mises caucus takeover and all that? Is there a most based tweet award for anything that the LP has put out so far? Ooh, uh, the LP national since the takeover. Yeah. Uh, they've had a lot of base tweets. Somewhere I'm like, fuck yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I would have to go back and actually look. 
I mean, there's a part of me that's like, are they really that based? I mean, the bar was set so low that we're kind of just like happy that they're saying anything decent. And it, it has been good. I'm not knocking on it. But uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to the Michael Malice Twitter takeover, which I'm holding Angela accountable to. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I'm, I would definitely be looking forward to the Malice stuff. Uh, I think the best uh, LP National tweets so far seem like they're probably like Dave Smith. Having written those, maybe Angela, uh, some of those people, uh, most of the ones that I thought have been the best so far are just like their hardcore libertarianism, basically just like abolish these agencies in their entirety and stuff like that and, you know, eliminate all gun control, things of that nature. LP National wasn't even on board with tweeting stuff like that. Uh, They were just afraid to even tweet purely libertarian tweets before, so it is good. Absolutely. Um, now I'm going to leave the microphone with you and you can tell anything that you want to the camera and the people out there. It, it might be censored if you go in the wrong direction, but feel free to say anything that you want, promote anything that you want or let them know whatever. Here you go. All right. Uh, I'm going to use this as a butt plug. You said I could do anything I want with the mic. So, uh, no, I am anarcho underscore toad on Twitter. I'm toad from the tower power hour podcast. You can check us out on basically all of the things where the podcasts exist. Uh, we do live streaming to odyssey. All of our episodes are on odyssey. They are also all on Spotify still. And we do live stream to YouTube and we'll continue to just live stream to YouTube and make new channels as we get nuked there. Uh, audio on all the platforms as well. Um, we got a live show coming up tonight here with Richard Grove, next week with Ryan Dawson, Conspiracy Month, baby. Uh, and uh, you won't see tweets uh, from me for about a week right now because I'm on a week suspension because fuck Twitter and they won't allow you to say anything about drag queens at this point, apparently, or monkeypox, so fuck them. Are those things related? <laughs> Drag queens and monkeypox? Yes. Uh, so the tweet uh, that they gave me a seven-day suspension for, which they said was hate speech, Obviously, it was a joke, and it could only be argued that I was uh, being offensive against children, which I would never actually do, because the reason why I go after this drag queen shit is because I want to defend the children. My tweet was clearly tongue-in-cheek, and it was actually, yes, we should uh, drag children to drag queen strip shows, because then they would get immunized to monkeypox. That was the tweet. You're just letting me hang, Dan. I love when you do that. Have you guys heard of Matt Miller? He's not only the guy who paints those amazing portraits of all your favorite heroes in the liberty movement and in pop culture, but he's also now an official sponsor of this show. From Murray Rothbard to Ron Paul, Dr. Robert Malone to Darth Maul, Matt Miller's Liberty Portraits has something fun for everyone to spice up your home or office and showcase your heroes. Go check out his incredible work at libertyportraits.com. Grab a print to impress your friends, hire him for a custom portrait, or bring him out to a festival to capture your event in real life in a beautiful and unique way. To find out more, just head over to libertyportraits.com. Once again, that is libertyportraits.com. What about, I would love to see, I just hate Dan Smoss. Oh, hey, Dan. He's the worst, isn't he? I hate you. So I traveled far and wide. I, I went uh, from Reno all across this great nation all the way to uh, New Hampshire in order to see Toad and now Reed Coverdale again, the only people that I interviewed last week as well. Um, Reed Coverdale. Too, right? 
Yeah. Is he going to be here? I don't know. But I hope so. Spike, if you're watching live. He's not. He's not watching live or in the future or at any point, um, especially once he saw that you were on. Um, so, Reed from the uh, Nationalist Capitalist, how are you doing? That hurts, but it's, it's, it's going well. It's the Naturalist Capitalist, and you can get a T-shirt if you want one. You're all about that grift right now. Yeah, I am. Uh, who designed your shirts? Uh, this really failed truck driver who decided to try to make a living another way. Top Lobster. I don't know if you heard of him, but... I have. Sounds uh, vaguely familiar. Is he here this week? He's not. He's actually got a big business deal possibly coming down the pipe, so he's working on that. Okay. Yep. So uh, what brings you out to Porkfest and all this nonsense? You were here last year. We talked about that on our last interview. Um, so I, I think this finally makes up for that, that we're doing this at Porkfest. I said I'd be right back. It only took me a year, uh, but here we are. Um, what brings yeah, you out this year? It's kind of a full circle you know, ending. It's almost poetic that we're here having this conversation. It's really, you know, putting a closing on a lot of things. But yeah, I have it's like the rise of Skywalker and so far just as disappointing. Yeah, that's bad. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've repatriated to New Hampshire. I'm not technically a resident yet. I haven't changed my license or my address yet, but I've moved in with Phil Labont from All That Remains uh, about three days ago. And now I'm up here in northern New Hampshire leading uh, voyage up Mount Washington tomorrow with several people. You should come and film. I'm not going to. <laughs> uh, send me send me the footage, but I choose life. Okay. Uh, yeah, someone did die there on uh, Saturday last week, I think. So, but he was. Just, so why not? We'll yeah. just we'll just do it on our vacation. He was just a pussy, so we'll be fine. Um, but yeah, I'm here to uh, you know push my own brand, grift a little bit, and then also sell T-shirts. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's basically it. So. Nice. Uh, was last year your first year out here? It was, yeah. I was born and raised in New Hampshire, never went to Porkfest, never did anything with the Libertarian Party in New Hampshire, and never was involved with the Free State Project, and now I'm doing all three, so I'm back. Very nice. So you're still doing trucking. Are you over the road most of the time, or is it mostly local? Well, I had to quit my job out of Utah, so right now I'm unemployed, and I'm going to be working on... It's very libertarian of you. It is, yeah. I mean... Maybe I'll move into my parents' basement. Now that I'm back in my home state, I can. So that would kind of give me the full libertarian image. You know? I think that makes you ultra-based if you like come full circle back to your parents' basement and Stag become... Right here. I'm going to do what he did to me, which is butt-fuck him. Wow. Anyways. Um, <laughs> Welcome to Porkfest, folks. I kind of lost my spot. That kind of Butt-fucking, or was there something before that? I don't remember. Well, before the butt-fucking. I already forgot, though. I mean, once that happens, once butt fucking happens, it's really hard to go back and remember uh, anything else. It kind I mean, of takes it priority. Starts, I kind of just like roll with it, you know? Like, I mean, there's not really much you can do. You just kind of have to. It's like, you know how they teach you if you get caught in a riptide not to swim against the current, but kind of use it? Like, the butt fucking is the same way. You can't, like, fight it. Cause... Don't fight it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we got to the bottom of this. Uh, so. The bottom of this. Don't uh, crack another joke like that, all right? Damn it. Okay. So, uh, we're pork that fest. That's really the butt of the joke. I mean, that's it. So, <laughs> so you're, are you here just to grift or is there anybody specific that you're like looking forward to seeing or anything going on that, uh, people should feel bad that they missed out on? That's mighty cheeky of you to say that. Okay. That was the last one. I swear. I'm not doing it anymore. Um, yeah, I mean, Scott Horton, you know, it's always nice to meet him. Uh, Josh Smith is here from Iowa, which Iowa sucks. I just drove through it a few days ago. Me too. 98 degrees, humid and flat, just kind of all over unnecessary. You know? I live in Illinois. It's the same, just yeah. with a different branding. Well, once you get, have you ever driven across the country? 
Okay, so once you get west of New York, until you get to Colorado, it's all Ohio, in my opinion. Like, you know, Ohio itself, Indiana, Illinois. You're telling me the Earth is not flat? I mean, have you, have you seen the Earth? You know, I believed in the round Earth theory until I drove across uh, Nebraska, and then it's kind of hard to, you know, really justify that opinion anymore. So That'll do it. Much like butt-fucking Nebraska, once you see it, you can't go back and unsee it. Yeah, you can't fight Nebraska. You just kind of got to deal with it and keep going, you know, just keep hammer down. So same idea, but... But uh, yeah, um, let's see who else is here. Uh, I think Matt Kibbe's here. I haven't seen him yet, but see any uh, any of your fellow feds, like any of your coworkers around? Yeah, there's uh, Liberty Lockdown. He's here. Uh, Eric Jackman was here earlier uh, with his brother. My parents were both here. That was kind of risky on my part, but I. They know. By the way, my parents know Tower Gang exists, but they've never watched it, which I think is like how I want to keep it. You know, I think that's pretty safe. But they did meet two members of Tower Gang, which is kind of concerning. But I think we're doing all right overall. I don't even want my parents to see this, to see me talking to Tower Gang people, because they'll probably think I'm a racist. That's fair. And also true. Um, so, uh, yeah, um, I don't know. Any, 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 good, any good white supremacy rallies or drugs that you've done since you've been here? Um, yeah, neither, neither. I mean, I'm disappointed at the lack of alt-right representation here. I mean, this Mises Kakistan is very sadly lacking, uh, compared to what last year's was. A person of color over there, which is like kind of weird. I don't know why we're... There is a Jew peddling cigarettes at the front gate, which I think is fascinating. Well, that's good. You know, it'll help our image, you know. You guys paid him <laughs> to be your, your token Jew just sitting out there selling shit? Yeah, he's actually Catholic, and he's just wearing a yarmulke to kind of, you know, help with our publicity image, you know, just with... we have. There's also the cultural appropriation aspect to it, where it's like double... Like, that's just an added bonus. So is it like we're racist because we're being... Because we're culturally appropriating? Is that basically where you're getting at? Or? I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, double reverse psychology. It, it, I mean, so speaking of double reverse psychology, the the Patriot Front or whatever, like it's so fake that I feel like it's double reverse psychology. So what I mean by that is they're making it so fake that we'll think there's no way they'd be dumb enough to fake it this way. So maybe it's real. Like, I think that's kind of what they're going for. That's what we're also going. It's kind of like CNN. They just lie with such confidence that you're like, I feel like you might be right. But you're what you're saying uh, I mean, the earth, or the the sky is not green, actually. But you say it with such conviction that I I choose to believe it somehow. Yeah, I mean, it's more about the conviction than the argument for me. If someone like, like if they believe, I believe. You know, it's sort of one of those deals. So. So you're saying that the earth is flat, and you believe it because of uh, how passionately I believe it and project it onto you. Yeah, we'll go with that. Cool. Um, so. I've run out of things to talk about. What's going on in the world? What What do you think is the most uh, important news item or thing that is happening in modern culture, modern society that people should know about that they might not? I think the... Uh, the okay, well, it would be nice if the secession became real, too, but I was going to say the recession, I think, is going to become very palatable in the next few months because it's summertime. People are used to going on vacation uh, tourist facilities are used to being packed full, having all sorts of customers, and I don't think any of that is going to reach people's expectations this year. And so I think the recession is going to start feeling 
more and more real to everybody. So if you have cash, don't waste it on anything because even though it is becoming more useless, you're going to need it to survive. And if you do have a lot of spare cash, then invest it in something that'll be useful, not a brand new car. I'm thinking like, you know, bullets or uh, machinery or anything reliable that you could trade with. Super chats. Super chats. Yeah, those two. <laughs> Investments that give and you a shirts like naturalist capitalist T-shirts. Those are going to be super valuable. They're going to be collector's items. So definitely invest in those. I should start like weaving silver into the fabric or something. So it has some inherent value, but we'll work on that. So, so it actually has any value at all. You mean, well, I did sell a bunch of them yesterday, so doing pretty good, but I bet the resale value is great on those. Um, so, uh, yeah, what, with, uh, all the shit that's going on with the recession and everything, are you more black pilled, more white pilled? Do you see a, a path through this? I mean, I think they've outdone my expectations with keeping this thing going. You know, like I thought in 2020, oh, this is it. We're done. Like the dollar's toast. And it's two years later now, and it's still a thing, still the most powerful currency in the world, technically. So I don't know. Like I try not to tell the future anymore uh, because I feel like everyone is always trying to foresee the future, but they're always exaggerating and they're never right. And then people stop listening to anything you say. So I'm, I'm out of the, the uh, prophecy business. I'm not doing it anymore. So That's a shame. Um, is there anybody that you think is good in the prophecy business? Uh, anybody worth listening to? Ted Kaczynski, maybe? Based. All right. Well, Reed, uh, thank you for being here. Thanks for doing this again already. Um, I'm going to give you the mic, and you're going to tell the people anything that you want to tell them, any final words or anything you want to promote, man. Yeah, well, if you're in New Hampshire and the pollers start calling you, asking you who you're going to vote for for Senate, the answer is Jeremy Kaufman, Libertarian. Um, and I will be working on Jeremy Kaufman's campaign for the next several months. I'll also be going around the country a little bit, going to Las Vegas for Freedom Fest. And I'll also be in uh, Florida for Yao Revolution in the beginning of August. So if you're going to either of those, find me there. Uh, I will have a website and a substack coming soon because I'll have more time to actually get those up and running and manage them now that I'm not working 800 hours a week. And make sure you also subscribe to The System Has Downs. It's a great show. The, the host is kind of a loser, but, you know, good show overall. He has good guests occasionally, like me, you know, like right now. So subscribe. Over and out. <laughs> you listen to me, Daniel Smots. Trying to do my part to represent uh, the gay community for Pride Month. Yeah, so I'm done. Today's show is sponsored by libertarian conspiratorial fantasy author Jack Casey. Whether you're looking for a three book fantasy sci fi epic of love, death, and dystopian civil war like the Royal Green series, or just looking for a quick, dark, comedic cultural commentary tale about a transsexual slayer of COVID regime vampires, like his latest book, WVW, Jack Casey Books will keep you adequately entertained and pondering the universe to your weird little heart's content. He's the Ayn Rand meets Stephanie Meyer meets somebody who actually writes entertaining books with his own unique little downer-esque flair. Find out more about Jack Casey Books at the aptly named jackcaseybooks.com. Once again, that is jackcaseybooks.com. 
Oh, hey, Josh. Hey, buddy. What's up, man? How's it going? Where are we going? Uh, we're going to rob the cop Bernstein's car. Yeah? For drugs. Uh, is he at the hotel? <laughs> are we driving I, down the road? I think, or what's I think he's parked across the street. Across oh, okay. the street. We're taking the golf carts off property. Uh-oh. So your first uh, activity as vice chair is to chauffeur me around Porkfest. Yeah. How do you, how do you feel? You've been chauffeuring me around Porkfest pretty is, much the whole time. That so. is much more accurate, yes. Get over a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we are uh, here at uh, the New Hampshire Pork Fest 2022 something or other with finally after Toad and Reed and uh, people that I've seen way too much over the last couple months, we finally have somebody interesting on the show. It is the uh, vice chair, vice, I mean, if Angela's the ice queen, I guess that would make you the vice ice queen. Uh, Joshua Smith, how are you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Uh, so what brings you out finally? Uh, to be the, an actual libertarian and prove to people that you're libertarian enough to come to Porkfest. Well, I've been I've been trying to come to Porkfest for many years. It's always been on the bucket list. Um, and uh, this year, some guys got together and refused to hear no from me and and brought me out and, and uh, put me in a nice little tent. And uh, now I get to hang out with the real libertarians. That's right. The Libertarian Party is made up of people who forcibly bring people out to their events to to speak. And thanks. Um, yeah, you guys uh, just swept all the competition, everything in Reno went amazing. Uh, talk a little bit about that. Uh, what's uh, what are some highlights? Your favorite things, uh, Reno? Sure. I th well, I think the you know, I was a little nervous going into the national convention and, and thinking, hey, what if we don't have the numbers? And uh, the first three or four votes, we realized we had about 65% of the, the delegation, and that was just that was very exciting for me. Um, but I think the my favorite part about the convention one was. Uh, Amy Lepore from Delaware's uh, uh, speech for Karen Ann. That was absolutely amazing. It was one of the best speeches I've ever heard. Um, uh, Maj Therese's speech, I think, resonated very deeply with me, and it's, it's something that every libertarian now going forward uh, really needs to understand is that um, we're starting to pick up steam in the USA. And, uh, and that's come, dangerous. That's dangerous. They're going to come after us. They're going to, you know, and, and as somebody who's dealt with these attacks on a smaller scale for the last five years, I understand, you know, how it's going to be. And so it's going to be really ugly and you should buy a bulletproof vest and be ready for it. Yeah, and uh, with Amy Lepore's speech, um, I was, I crashed with them on whatever night, the first night I got in. And um, she read her speech for us and she was like, I don't know, is that like too mean? Is it too, too, I don't, she thought like Karen Ann was bringing her in to be the, the more reasonable voice while Karen Ann's the more harsh voice. And I'm like, no, she's not. Like Karen Ann is not bringing you in to be the, the nice, happy one. And like what she said, what she left it all in there. Kudos to, to you, Amy. But uh, she left it all in there and it was fantastic and uh, certainly not too mean, if anything, not mean enough. Best, best speech I've heard in a long time for sure. Amy is uh, an absolute amazing, professional wonderful woman and i was happy to see her get up there and do that agreed and uh also another highlight for me was uh you you finally you know you won, you, you won. <laughs> i did I, I that was a big deal for me and i think um you know dave benner and, and dave smith doing my my uh nomination speech really uh it brought everything into clarity for me and i i kind of realized going up there hey man we might actually win this thing and um, you know, Dave made me cry. Uh, I had to get off stage and go and hug my kids immediately because he just, you know, I didn't expect him to bring up the situation with kids and stuff. And so uh, I went right over the kids' room and I'm like, I love you guys so much. Whether we win or not, I'm all good, you know. And 
Um, and then and then we won, you know, and so that was. So your kids thought there was a chance that if you didn't win, that you would love them less. Is that what you're saying? No, I think they thought. Uh, I think they they were worried about me. They had seen the stress and the and the anxiety over the last you know six months, and they knew that it was a big deal to me. And so uh, I just wanted them to know that if whether we won or lost, that dad was going to be okay. So that's awesome. Now, uh, what are some of the plans moving forward? You working with Angela and all that? Is that all? How's that going? Yeah. So Angela's amazing. Uh, she's uh, she's absolutely ready to, to head this party into a good, good direction but um, I'm, I'm working on a media plan uh, she's put some great um, SWOT analysis together and and uh, we're we're kind of working collectively as a team on the LNC now which is not normal uh, it's always been this factional fight and now we don't have that anymore so we actually get to focus outwards on the, on the state and uh, and Angela's I mean she's got some really great plans but I'm specifically working on a media plan for the party uh, we're gonna be doing a uh, show bi-weekly show from the party's platform uh, bringing on candidates talking about you know the goals and dreams and aspirations for the libertarian party uh, putting together great media hopefully with Dan Smots uh-huh. uh, you know so we can have those those professional uh, um, passionate videos that that uh, really resonate with people and so I think um, that's going to be my big focus over the next two years is, is building the media plan for the party. So, Any, Anything else on this media plan? I know Angelo was just on uh, Tim Pool and all that. Is there, is there a, like a push for you know, getting you on these shows, getting her on other shows and stuff like that? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, you know, the night that Angela was on uh, Tim Pool, I did the Union of the Unwanted with Sam Tripoli and Jason Burmis and all these great big you know, uh, anarchists and liberty names. Um, I think together we tag team that night uh, and we had more big non-legacy media than the, the last four administrations in the Libertarian Party. So, yeah, absolutely. I think we tag team the, the actual media interviews as well. Um, Angela's amazing. She, she led a conversation with Tim Pool. That's hard to do. Um, and I get to yeah, she, she really, like, kept in the conversation. Like, she always was like, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, like, always keeping her voice in there, which I thought was great on that show. You can, it's really easy to get steamrolled, it seems like, and uh, she did really well at uh, holding her own. I saw some people being like, oh, she, she didn't talk enough about liberty. Like, we're supposed to be this autistic, like, everything comes back to any conversation you have with anybody. It has to come back to liberty. Um, I, I thought she handled it well. Yeah, I think she did, I think she did well at bringing the conversation back to the liberty aspect of things quite, quite a few times. But, yeah, we can't just sit there and, and you know, this is a, a crowd that we haven't really gotten in front of. And so you can't just sit there and be like, you know, you guys are all dumb for not being part of the Libertarian Party. you gotta, you got to talk about the other issues, too. And I think, you know, that's something the Libertarian Party, it's like we've been so autistic about ballot access and, and candidates that we forget sometimes people are not part of the party. And we need to um, talk about their issues as well. And so uh, she did really well at that. And I think, you know, I get to do some of the edgier media, which I, I appreciate. And uh, I think... Would you, would you say you're the Spike Cohen, you're Angela Spike Cohen to George Rogan? Uh, no, and I would never compare Angela to Joe Jorgensen. She's way better than that. Um, but but it was a low bar. Yeah, it was a low bar. But but you know yeah we we have the opportunity to tag team media, and I can go on shows that maybe she doesn't want to go on, and she can go on shows that maybe I can't get on. So um, it's it's going to be really good. I think you know it, this has been a, a month since the convention, and we've already had that much media. We're doing good. We're doing really good. Now during all this um, you know lead up to Reno, your show. It took a dive. Um, you you kind of just let it die and everything again. Um, and uh, now, now that you're getting kind of back into doing that show, I hear that you're doing another show. So is Break the Cycle still going to be dead? No, no. Break the Cycle is going to be uh, doing one to two shows a week uh, again, at least minimum. 
Um, and then the other show is going to be once every two weeks. So, uh, and from a different platform. So we'll still have Break the Cycle, and and uh, you know we've started picking up but uh, booking again, which was what what really happened was I got so busy with the campaign that I stopped booking shows, and then it was like, oh, I got home from work and I didn't have a show to do, and uh, it was nice to spend some extra time with my kids and stuff. And but no, Break the Cycle's coming back, and we're moving. We're in the process of moving out of the house that we're in now. So I have a bigger studio now uh, in the new house that we're moving into, and so that's going to be. Uh, better. There's going to be a, a whole changeover for the show. We're going to start doing a nice desk show like my friend Don, Dan Smots. Uh, but we're going to build, we're gonna build a, a real studio where we can bring guests into the studio and stuff like that. So that's that's the new direction of Break the Cycle as well. Fake it till you make it. That's my, my strategy. I mean, I got like a $50 desk and I'm like, I'm going to set this thing up and make it look like the people that are legit and it seems to be working out so far. But uh, yeah, how's the family deal? Like you're moving, you're having another like your 25th kid or something. How is uh, the family dealing with all the, the chaos and becoming vice chair and everything that comes with that? It's actually, uh, the chaos has actually kind of died out. I mean, the, the campaign was hard. We were gone uh, like a lot of weekends and um, I was working a ton. We had another guy that went out of work, so I was covering all these other shifts and um, it's kind of died down, man. It's, you know, it's, it, the kids are kind of really in a good place and they're doing well in school and everything's really smooth. It's much better than it was six months ago so um and they're you know they're excited for me too they know that it was kind of m one of my goals to get this this campaign done and and win and and uh you know try to fight for their liberty because that's what it is really at the end of the day it's like i've spent so much time in tyranny that i'm fighting for my kids liberty at this point and they know that and we talk about it and um it's been really smooth and and the the pregnancy's going well you know we got two more months we'll have another baby and um yeah man it's it's smooth it's really smooth, man. Right on. Completely diverting courses here. Uh, let's talk about things that are happening in the world. As somebody who's, like, passionate about the media and, you know, uh, putting the right messaging out there and stuff like that, what do you think is the most important thing to be messaging about? Like, what's the most important thing going on in the world? Uh, you know, I think it's foreign policy and uh, inflation are the two big ones right now. We, we have a really unique opportunity to, to educate people on the Federal Reserve and how they're creating this, this kind of false inflation um, and, the, and the, you know, this, this giving $40 billion to Ukraine and how the, the, the military industrial complex is creating the inflation. And it's not Russia's fault. You know what I mean? It's, it's our fault that we're, uh, you know, not opening up our oil, the largest oil reserves in the world here in the United States. And, um, you know, it's, it's we, we need to let people know where the tyranny is coming from because the news isn't going to do that. You know, the news is going to tell you what the government tells the news to tell you. And so we have the opportunity, a very unique opportunity to, to piggyback off that stuff and let people know where it's coming from. And it was just like the COVID regime, right? The, you know, everybody was like, oh, you know, it's, it's the sickness, it's the sickness. And it was like, no, it's the government doing this to you. And uh, the Libertarian Party dropped the ball on that. We lost two years of, of great messaging because we just didn't do the right things. And now we have the opportunity in another aspect to do the same thing, and we're not going to drop the ball. We're going to do, do the right thing. So It's getting very windy. Anyway, uh, new Twitter, new LP Twitter. Uh, I think I released the first shirt that was uh, inspired by an LP tweet. That, that's how I'm marketing it. Uh, just because we're getting retweets in actual liberty sphere, like people doing things, uh, which is amazing. Um, I won't ask you to divulge any secrets or anything like that, but um, I, I do have to keep coming back to this. When is Michael Malice going to get the keys to LP Twitter? I hold my politicians accountable, and you, sir, are one of them now. Uh, I think you know they're gonna. They're, there's a real push to give him one day a week. 
Um, so, so I don't know when that's going to happen. Like Malice Fridays or yeah, something like that. Just like let that. it burn. There is a real push for that. Um, and you know, we have great people running the Twitter now. Uh, Dave Benner and Dave Smith and some other great people that are. I didn't know if the names were officially announced. Yeah, I mean, they put it, Angela put it out uh, on in an email that was some public on the public list. So, yeah, I mean, Dave Smith and Dave Benner have had a lot to do with the Twitter recently. There's other people as well, but um, so that's why it's gotten better. We've gotten uh, 15,000 new Twitter followers just in the month that we've since we've taken over. Um, and it's it's messaging the way that the Libertarian Party is always messaging. And in fact, we're today at, at Porkfest with a, you know the Free State Project, and for the first time ever, the Libertarian Party has started mentioning the effectiveness of coalescing libertarians in one place in the Free State Project. The first time ever. This is something that should have happened a decade ago, and uh, they're finally doing it. So you know we we have our social media working the way that it should have been years ago, and um, and I think people appreciate that. Now, I, I know that this is your first year here at Porkfest, but last year, I, this tent was booming. Yeah. This Mises Caucus tent was quite raucous, and uh, I don't know, man. Did everybody just bail after Reno, or are they done? They got, no. got, they got their guys, and now they're just not even coming to Porkfest, huh? No, we, we have uh, more members now than we had six months ago. I mean, it's, it, the, the, the party oh, okay. the party is growing, and, and it's Mises people. It's Mises-inspired people. It's Dave Smith-inspired people. I mean, um, we, we have uh, gotten 150 new Lifetime members since the National Convention. That's 1500 bucks a pop, you know. Um, and a lot of those people are also doing monthlies on top of that. So, uh, no, it's growing. Uh, this tent is probably people are out running around in the degenerate part of the campsites looking at naked people. But, but uh, there is a lot of Mises people here, too. I've seen a lot of Mises shirts. And um, No, the caucus is going to grow. The party's going to grow. And, and we're going to fight for real liberty in this country. Right on, man. Uh, well, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I'm going to give you the mic now. And you can say anything that you want, anything you want to promote, any final words, anything that you think is the most important thing that people need to hear. Just let them know right now. And, Josh, always a pleasure. Thanks, always for, pleasure. thanks for doing this, man. Thank you very much. Absolutely. <clears throat> you ready? Yep. <laughs> Am I good? Yep. Am I good? Hey, hey listen. Uh, this liberty thing in America is finally starting to grow. Uh, we, we are doing the things that uh, the movement has asked us to do for the last decade, and uh, I just hope that you guys will join the Libertarian movement, the Libertarian Party, uh, run as candidates, um, you know, help your local candidates, uh, fight to fundraise, uh, fight the state on ballot access issues, and uh, let's start messaging the things that we've wanted to hear for the last 10 years. And, uh, of course, follow my podcast at uh, youtube.com backslash fight the despots. I'm Joshua Smith, signing out. I've got some good shit, man. I've got a whole podcast that's coming out. It's almost 90%. Oh, man. Take a load off. Oh, hey, how's it going? Hey, Scott. Hey, how's it going? It's time to end the war on terrorism. We got 70,000 Bin Ladenites. Yemen. Yemen's base. Wait, Yemen or the war in Yemen? Yes. Uh, based. I think a lot of the police are aware of people being freestanders. And most police officers, they just want to do a job. They want to collect a paycheck. Some of them suck, but a lot of them are just like, you know, just average guy. Like, you know, they don't want anything too bad to happen, but they also don't want to get messed with. They just want to do a job. And if you know that some person knows, knows their rights very well, has, you know, 30 people are going to show up at the courthouse, they're gonna fight the, the thing all the way. They're like, do I want to deal with that? Do I want to pull that guy over? We're here at Porkfest 2022 with the most, I believe, the most dangerous man in politics, or at least the most dangerous autist on the internet, because of 
uh, three tweets. Um, I, 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 they let me in. They gave me the, the day pass to visit him in his, you know, natural environment. Uh, Jeremy Kaufman, how's it going, man? It's great. I'm, uh, I've... <laughs> <laughs> Lost it already. <laughs> I, don't know that, I don't know who that opening was. I don't know who that opening was. Welcome to the least comfortable show on the internet, uh, <laughs> Jeremy Kaufman. I think it's funny. Um, I've mentioned this several times. Um, people act like you're this scary man, and I've had people reach out to me to warn me about working with you and working with Carlin because of the three tweets or so that you've put out. And um, to them I say, now... Uh, Jeremy Kaufman, the person who's all like super offensive, whatever, um, you didn't want to use gay as a pejorative and I forced you to use it in that manner. So I'm, I'm making you worse is what I'm saying here. I would say you persuaded me rather than forced me, but yeah, it is, it is very weird because the only people who have a problem with me are people who have like read two tweets, decided they hate me. And yeah, it's never people who have, you know, I mean, do you need more than that to judge a person? I actually try to judge everyone I meet off of one tweet. I think two is like a little weak. Like yeah. you need two tweets to decide what you do. You, is there like a specific way of finding their worst tweet so that you can use that and uh, give them, you know, the least generous interpretation of their life and judge them off of that? I have a list of 20 words that I search in order when I want to find. And they all start with N. Yes, the N words I call them. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, Jeremy Kaufman, what brings you out to a pork fest other than it's basically your backyard, right? Can I ask you a question? No. <laughs> <laughs> this is my backyard. See, I, I agree. I mean, I accept that answer. I live uh, about half a mile from pork fest in Manchester, New Hampshire. Wait, was the question when are you going to move to New Hampshire? No, I already know when you're going to move to New Hampshire. When is it? Let me know. It's 2024. Uh, yeah, in a little maybe. Yeah, is it happening? All right. Welcome yes. to Porkfest, where people try and persuade you to move here, or they're trying to persuade you to play frisbee golf with their with their friends. Yeah, That's right. that was someone interrupting this interview to ask me. Just normal shit. <laughs> to play ultimate frisbee. Uh, no, you're gonna move in 2024. Yeah. That's it. It's, uh, I've, I've, it's foretold. Was there something that you were saying before? You derailed yourself? Oh. <laughs> so Nick Gillespie interviewed me about a tweet, and rather than say it verbatim, he said the N-word. Do you think I should have asked him which N-word he was referring to? Do you think You're like, I've got a lot of tweets with a lot of N-words. You're going to be more specific. Yeah. That was the, the Hunter Biden one, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. 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 Which is, I mean, again, it's dumb. It's dumb. But... So what is your, uh, y you know, your favorite offensive tweet that you've ever tweeted? Uh, under my own account? I think the one, my, my favorite, one I think hit the sweet spot was the one where I was, like, um, talking about how, like, people who are unvaccinated should be denied all these rights, but it were just things that libertarians wanted, you know? <laughs> Um, like they weren't going to be kept safe from drugs, you know, they weren't going to uh, be allowed to participate in public schools. Yeah. And that one got both a bunch of people who got it and a bunch of people who didn't get it. And I don't know, I, a lot of people ended up deleting tweets where they had like taken a picture or quote tweeted it because like they kind of owned themselves. Right. 
so I think that that's got, that's got to be off the top of my head. That one that will get a lot of people. Yeah, I uh, gave a talk yesterday um, in the one-on-one stage or whatever, and talked about like propaganda and stuff and culture jamming and things like that. And I, I'm a big fan of like like my most popular tweet I've ever done, which was completely stupid and not even that funny. That's how you, you that's what the ones that always blow up. But uh, it was just um, Elon Musk, or Elon Musk taking over Twitter is like the worst attack on our democracy since January 6th and like taking these things and like the, the idea that the algorithm finds attractive, like the acceptable opinion, then blowing that up to the most ridiculous, you know, point that everybody's like, okay, we get, we get it that that's absolutely ridiculous. Um, do you, uh, like, do you have strategy for like working your way around the algorithms or like being the, the ghost in the machine or whatever? Well, I think that's just people liking that as a thing. I don't think that's like tricking the algorithm necessarily. But yeah, no. I think no, there was a lot of people that were like, how the fuck is this worse than January 6th? Like there were people that took the tweet as very serious. Because it somehow got sort of like quote tweeted or retweeted yeah. into the space that would, you know, that would take it the wrong way. But you mostly succeed on, on Twitter or social media by saying things that people want you to say. Or that, you know. Like Kyle Hitler. I try to tweet that at least one out of three. I hear it's very popular and does great in the ratings. Yes. I mean, you, you check out my interview with Reason where we talk uh, all about how the Libertarian Party needs to be saying how Hitler more. Mm -hmm. This is how we win. The, the official yeah. uh, Roman salute of the, the Libertarian Party, I think it was adapted into our bylaws or something. I don't know how politics work. I mean, I at the convention, I mean, you were there. I mean, you know the Heil Hitler Amendment. Uh, I was covered by Salon and the Southern Property Law Center. So, uh, yeah, I mean... I think Spike Cohen endorsed it. <laughs> finally, Sorry, Spike. Finally a, win finally a winning message for the Libertarian <laughs> Party. This is what was missing. Yeah. So I find it fascinating that uh, I just filmed you on Reed Coverdale's show, The Nat Nationalist Capitalist, um, I think is the name of it, and... Um, you guys talked a lot about your videos, and you even talked about Vermin Supreme's videos and how similar they are to your videos and your strategy. And somehow, the name of the guy who made the videos for both of these campaigns just just slipped your mind. Uh, what happened there? Well, I think that everyone knows that that guy is, has so lacking in an ego and is so uncomfortable with credit and attribution to his significant accomplishments that he would just prefer he never be named. It's 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 like, a, uh, who's the graffiti artist? Banksy. It's like Banksy. Yeah, he's kind of- like I'll, I'll take it. Like, if you're going to like give me the snub cold shoulder for doing all this stuff, but you also will compare me somehow to Banksy. I'm not really entirely sure what this analogy means, but I, st I still feel a little bit honored deep down. Well, I'd also like to say that I've, I've talked about this person so prolifically, privately, never on camera. I will never say his name on camera. But privately, I've talked about him so much uh, that he's now charging me more money. So, you know, uh, that did happen. Did that happen? I, I don't remember. Like, I've, I have worked my prices up a bit. I don't think I've worked them up since uh, starting working with you. I don't know. Well, how would you know? I've met him, I think. I'm not sure what's happening. But, uh, yeah, I will say, though, um, and I've said this a lot on the show, like, working with you has been awesome. It's kind of like like the the analogy the read made. It's like, it's like working with Vermin Supreme stuff. And really, Vermin Supreme is what got me into doing political campaign. At, like, I didn't set out to make 
political campaign ads. I didn't plan on having fans of political campaign ads. It's like really stupid and retarded. But um, doing like working on his campaign was basically like you guys are libertarian. So I assumed that we had like the same messaging and everything, or at least they let me have some messaging freedom. Um, but just doing the crazy shit. Now working with you and working with Dave Smith and other funny people, it's like now I can do the same kind of thing and be a little bit bombastic and ridiculous, but actually have, you know, stronger messaging behind it. So um, I, I don't really have a question, but how has it been going working with this uh, mysterious video editing guy or something? It's been it's been going great. One day, I hope to, you know, let the world know, but he's just not he's just not ready. And. It's it's you know your experience you know maybe I should introduce you sometime I think. I'm not sure how long we can keep this joke up. <laughs> uh, now we are uh, the plan is that I'm staying here Monday as well and we're doing more campaign ads and I'll I'll just we can just have a business meeting right here because we haven't really talked about what these are. Do you have any plans for these things that we're going to be doing or you and whoever's going to be doing if you want to keep that bad joke dad joke going? Yeah. I, well, I have six bullet points already written down, which is six more bullet points than we went into for our first day of filming yes, last time. that is accurate. So this feels substantially ahead. I spent about $90 on costume materials, whereas previously I only had to work with costume materials that were in my house. So already, I mean, this is like some pretty next level stuff. So that budget is like really flowing for this, this campaign that we can afford like $90 costumes. Yeah, there's one generous donor. Uh, so my campaign has now raised over one hundred and twenty dollars, um, mostly from one guy. Nice uh, in Appalachia, and uh, he had made, earned a lot of cryptocurrency from his illegal alcohol sales, and he chipped it into my uh, campaign. But I, I'm not sure if you're joking or not. Is it, have, <laughs> like how have the donations been? There are federal forms you have to file yeah. that say the amount of money we've raised. Those forms are presumably accurate and could give you that number. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I don't know, maybe twenty thousand dollars. Maybe twenty. That sounds. Yeah. I don't think I've spent. I don't think I've spent very much of it. No, I, it's very important. Fucking Josh on a moped over there. Yeah. After I gave his ass a ride around all week. If you don't give me money, you don't believe in libertarianism, I think would be my most succinct message. That every person who has never given me at least $100 likes the state and wants it to um, rule them. And they, they hate yeah. climate, right? They, they don't like the earth or the future of the earth, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Spoilers. Uh, this will be coming out after the new video, so we can talk about it. Oh, that's right. So... Uh, you may have seen uh, my new ad, and it's very important, if you don't give me money, the earth will literally be destroyed, okay? Like, it's called climate change. That sounds pretty serious. Yeah, it's called climate change. Climate change will destroy the earth, and the solution is to give politicians money, okay? That simple. Do you want to die? No? Donate to my campaign. Think about it. I mean, do you? So I read an article last week uh, that said uh, the woolly mammoth, they found a woolly mammoth, its tusk was sticking out under, like, layers of, I don't know, science. And um, they uh, they said, if we're not careful, we could end up like this woolly mammoth. So I'm curious, uh, and I have to ask you, like, do you think that the woolly mammoths died because they weren't giving enough money to politicians? Or was it something about, like, them using too much fossil fuel back then? 
right. I'm just going to lay a fact out there. Everyone draw their own conclusions. Every animal that ever went extinct did not donate to my campaign. Facts. So, it's called something. Can you name a few of these uh, these animals that, you know, were obviously jaded and hated the, the environment so much that they didn't give you money? Uh, saber-toothed tiger, woolly mammoth, every dinosaur, dodo bird, whatever, the buffalo, other... Buffalo are dead, right? Are they dead? Yeah, all buffalo are extinct now. Yeah, like a lot yeah. of them, there used to be way more of them, and they died because they didn't donate. Yeah. And the dodo bird, that's another extinct animal. Mm-hmm. There are, um, as I understand it, lots of extinct animals. The brag caucus, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're not. An- well, we're, they are. They're extinct. They're- <laughs> they never gave me money, so... Check it it checks out. Yep. Yep. So, uh, yeah. Um, how much, I don't know how much you want to like spoil on, uh, other campaign ads or any plans that you have coming up as far as the, the campaign. Are there surprises that you're, you're fine with sharing? Surprise. We're, I mean, we're definitely, we want to keep, um, you know, uh, pushing, pushing that. Well, pushing on those way the wrong works. That's just, that's the edge. It's like, we want to make sure that we're not like getting ignored. Um, so I want to make sure that we're, I, w- I would like us to be able to get into the debates. Like, that's a big one for me. So I think that's a lot, there's a lot of opportunity there. And we're going to keep having the, we keep having the ads come out. We're doing this sort of on the ground political stuff too, but that's, you know, more boring. So it's not as interesting to, to people. More boring stuff usually is not more interesting. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> with that, um, like with these uh, campaign ads and stuff coming out, like I work with a lot of different people in the liberty movement and I give them the video and they do with it what they want. I don't really pay attention to how well they're doing. Have you got like what kind of, I've gotten some feedback personally, but uh, how have the, um, you know, has the response been for reptile or lizard person, Jeremy Coppin, lizard person, and uh, War is Gay? So each of them have over 100,000 views. I think War is Gay is like pushing 500,000. Nice. Wouldn't surprise me if it crosses a million because people are using it as like a reply video. I don't think the lizard person one is being used in quite that way, but it also went, you know, decently viral. And I think that's great for like, just you're not paying to advertise it, you know. Um, uh, obviously, aim higher, you know. So we got to hit a couple million with one of our upcoming videos. Just you know, low bar, but uh, should be pretty easy to do um, when you have a politician that will single-handedly save the world from climate change, which is me. I will do that. So, Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. Like, why would you, why would you not? Um, so, uh, uh, stuff going on in the world. I've been asking everybody here that, that this, um, actually before that, let's talk a little bit about Porkfest. Um, what, like, you're here because it's your backyard. We already established that. But uh, what are some of your favorite things about Porkfest? What are some of the people that you're excited to see? And what do you have going on? Well, I, I actually like just kind of the hanging out more than the talks. You know, it's cool that, like, you know, like Matt Kibbe will just be like, yeah, like, come have some whiskey and hang out, you know. So I like I like that kind of stuff more. It's very laid back. You know, there's not, um, it's it's very casual, uh, so there's a couple of talks that I'll check out from people that I, you know, really like. But for the most part, it's like all the other stuff, like just the the kind of like hanging out, the the walking around, the conversations. I like to 
try all the different food. I like to let my kids run around. That's like really cool. Like I, my, you know, my son at Porkfest is able to go, you know, farther away from me than he can. And like basically any other environment you know, and get on the scooter and he you know knows his way around and he gets to do that so you're saying uh, new hampshire is a pretty dangerous place for people to bring their children outside of pork fest i mean i think the logic is pretty simple you're not going to find a more armed population in new hampshire than this campground right and uh so there's a lot of guns here and so that means i mean just the basic math is there must be what 600 people dying a day or so here from all this. do you arm your children I arm them with fearsome negotiation skills and water pistols. And that's their, like, you know, how do they want to play it? Tiny little super soaker propagandists. I, I like that. Um, but <laughs> what do you, what do you tell, you are, you know more about uh, Porkfest than I do. I've been here for several years, but uh, you're much more steeped in the culture and the environment and everything. Like, um, give the sales pitch, give the, you know, elevator pitch for what brings people out to uh, Porkfest and the uh, Free State Project in general. Well, it, this Porkfest is in a place where it's like, it doesn't even, like, we didn't, we didn't make a single graphic with a speaker and we sold 3,000 tickets. I still don't know who's speaking. <laughs> like, I didn't look at the schedule at all and I was still like, I'm going to be there. Like it's just a it's a, it's a libertarian uh, party and it's be, and it's very also like bottom up like anyone can put something on the schedule right like we just did they it. let me speak yeah well we just did a podcast with Reed we had sixty people seventy people out and it was just like someone you know filled out the form and said we're gonna be doing that so that's it's not like about there's not like you don't you're not going for this one thing you're going for like what the largest libertarian gathering in the world sort of produces in that bottom-up fashion. And it's getting cooler and cooler every year. People are doing more and more with their sites. They're doing more and more. And, and it's awesome to see because I think it's going to like be this, like, continue to accelerate where people are doing more and more stuff. So that's what it's about. It's like you get to be with thousands of other, you know, libertarians. They tend to be very... Libertarians are creative people. I don't know if you know that as a person. Who no. Creates. Yeah. A lot of them are. And uh, true. And so it's just, it's just, it's just a fun time. Like, yeah, you could, there will be a big, there will be big speakers every year. There will be speakers who are going to get, you know, 500 to a thousand people out, go check them out. Um, but I think that's like not specifically what I'm, what I come for, you know, you come for the child labor, right? Yeah. I, uh, I think it's very important to, I try to buy something from a child every day, you know, teach them that, uh, that entrepreneurship. I, it, it's too easy for the kids here. People have sympathy. I told my kid he had to earn $20. Took him five minutes, right? It took, yeah. He earned $20, like two hours. I was like, <laughs> these kids are hustlers. It's quite impressive. Like they do more to make money. Like I come out here and I'm like hustling, trying to make money myself. But I see these kids going around selling like gold backs and, uh, maps and shit like that. It's, uh, how do you think Gary Johnson feels about all this flagrantly anti-libertarian child labor that we got going on here at Porkfest? I would love to have Gary Johnson come out to Porkfest. I think we could really shift his mind on child labor as well as you know, there's people consume drugs at Porkfest that Gary Johnson you know, thought the federal government should keep illegal. But I think if he came out here and saw the way that you know, people interacted peacefully, I think, I think we could change Gary Johnson's mind. So Gary Johnson should come to Porkfest and come and check it out. Yeah, and I mean, out here you don't even need a license. You don't need a license to, I don't know, serve alcohol or sell th certain things. You don't even need a license to, uh, you know, 
cook toast in your own damn toaster. I mean, it's quite impressive the amount of freedom that is out here. But uh, so I have been asking people like, what do you think is the most important thing in the world right now? Like there's a whole lot of things going on. COVID's somewhat dying down or at least on a trickle, but we're working into like with Ukraine and uh, all the divide and conquer strategies that they've got going on uh, in the mainstream media. What do you think is the most important thing that people need to be looking into right now? New Hampshire, dude. Oxon, yeah. fuck you. Come on, dude. I want to play offense, not defense. I'm like libertarians have been playing defense forever. We get to play offense here. Like, so I think I can talk about nuanced New Hampshire shit, like what I think they should do next electoral season and like what their policy priorities should be, because I have actual opinions on that stuff. But I think it's like I, I want to play offense. We get to play offense here. I don't care about the rest of it. Like. Like, I, very local strategy. That's I, yeah. I suppose that's a very libertarian answer. What do you think about the world? Well, uh, my neighbor is being kind of a dick, so uh, let's focus on that. Yeah, screw you. I got mine. No, I mean, that's not what I'm saying. Obviously, like, Porkfest is very communal. Lots of sharing, lots of that kind of thing. But I don't... I I just... I don't care at the end. I don't care. I, you don't care about Johnny Depp and Amber Heard and how they abused each other? I don't care. I don't. I don't. I don't. I, 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 even the Ukraine, like, I care in the sense that, like, it's a sad situation and it's the government, the United States government is doing some stupid thing that it's done repeatedly. But in terms of, like, my day to day life, like, Ukraine's not on the list, man. Like, I don't, it's, I wish it wasn't happening, but. Whoops. I don't care. I don't care. Yeah. Sorry. Is there good stuff going on here? Yeah. No, that's, uh, I mean, I guess that's the most libertarian answer you could you could give. Oh, well, it's not affecting me, so I guess uh, we're good here. Um, well, they should stop. I mean, they don't do it. I mean, obviously, Putin. They should stop, but I can't fucking stop them. Yeah, Putin listens to your right. show. I know he's that. a Downers Club member. Yeah, he's yeah. subscribed at the five dollar level. Actually, I was I was like seriously five dollars. So, you know, stop doing that, dude. It's really rude. <laughs> you know, not cool. Uh, quit. Quit being racist and quit bombing Ukraine or whatever the fuck. Actually, as a libertarian candidate for office, I should be putting out the libertarian position on the war on Ukraine, which is that Ukraine should be borrowing money off of the loss of productivity that would happen from Russian rule. They should Obviously, since Russia is such a terrible country, Ukraine would be a far less efficient country. Easily, they should be able to borrow tens of billions or hundreds of billions of dollars, and they should buy those weapons on the free market at free market prices, you know, rather than get government charity. Like, it's fine to root, like, rooting for Ukraine is fine. Like, no one's rooting for Russia. I don't think there's very many people rooting for Russia, but it's not charity, you know, and if Russia's going to mess up Ukraine, you know, they, let's go, Ukrainian people. Stop, stop fleeing your country, you know. Women can shoot guns, by the way. I would like to be on the record. <laughs> That as you know, women can shoot guns. Give them some guns. Let's be egalitarian, Ukraine. Did they shoot better than they drive? Yes. I, that was a lot of pause there. Uh, I'm not convinced. I think they shoot better when they drive. Based. So, uh, Jeremy, thanks for giving me the time, man. I really appreciate it and love working with you. Um, I'm going to give you the mic now, and you can say any message that you want. You can whore out your state or whatever you want to do or plug anything that you want. Tell people where they can find more information about your campaign or anything you got going on, man. I think if you're the kind of person who still listens to videos when they've reached this stage, you should adapt your life, and it's time to make different choices. No one listens to the last five seconds of a YouTube video, okay? Thank you.
that's it. Why are you still filming me? Can you hit like the button or whatever? I'm gonna get up. <laughs> Jeremy Kaufman, we are here on the eve of your latest video about uh, climate change or something. How are you feeling right now? I feel like I'm about to save the world. Climate change will kill every living human being. And as a politician, I can save everyone. And that's just really invigorating. It just gives me a rush. I mean, what is your plan for saving everyone? Sorry, I'm, I'm still figuring out this camera setup. What is your plan for saving everyone? I hear it has something to do with uh, monetary compensation for your campaign. Does that help? Yeah, so uh, you give me money, I'll give it to other people, they'll fix it. Um, but Anybody specific you have in mind? Cool people that are definitely, like, that I have no affiliation with. Like, it's definitely not, like, I'm definitely not making money off it, and, and nor is anyone else. We're just doing it to save everyone. But you'll die. You'll die. So. Uh, have you had a chance to speak with Bill Gates directly on your plan for saving the environment? Uh, I would like to officially state that Bill Gates has no affiliation with my campaign. I got that right, Bill. Dark money. They won't know. So we're safe. And if you could leave the people with one thing about uh, how to save the environment, what would it be? Give me money. Why? It helps. Are you sure? I'm positive. I'm serious. I promise. <laughs> there you go. We're here with the uh, illustrious uh, Carlin Barsanko. Uh, who, who won't do an interview normally. Uh, you, we're here on the eve of the Jeremy Kaufman latest latest video ad. How do you feel right now? Really good? Oh my God, why are you doing this to me? Carlin, tell me, tell me your thoughts on conservatives. They, they suck in every possible way. Tell me your thoughts on liberals. They suck in every possible way. Right on. Now, how do you feel about this uh, latest Jeremy Kaufman video ad that's coming out? Are you are you excited for the premiere? You're here on the red carpet at the Mises Caucus stand. How are you feeling right now? I am desperately excited for the premiere and hope that it surpasses the War is Gay ad, but I'm told I might be disappointed. You might be. Uh, the bar was set high. Now, uh, here on the red carpet, we care very much about your attire. And how are you feeling? Uh, what inspired this ensemble that you have on right now? Tattoo. I put 20 hours into this tattoo. I think it's really cool, and I wanted to show it off. Based. So, um, as far as uh, from for, on a one to ten uh, s grading scale, how white supremacist are you expecting this ad to be? Um, definitely a seven or an eight. And if it's anything less, I'm going to be deeply disappointed. Unfortunately, I think you're going to be very surprised that it's it's very white supremacist. But uh, we'll, we're going to do a real interview later. But. Thank you for letting me harass you for a second. Thank you, Dan. Jeremy Kaufman, so hot right now. Physically, sexually, metaphysically, spiritually, spiritually, yeah. Man is, man's on fire. Uh, his body, but uh, also his political leanings, I like it all. I'm going to say 50-50 body, 50-50 political, uh, just philosophical leanings, yeah. Take a minute, grab a chair, make sure everyone can see with this video, and uh, I'm going to hand it over to Hey everybody! Alright, Jeremy, it's, speaking! It's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, 
So thank you everyone for coming out tonight. I'm not planning on talking for very long, but uh, we have a chance tonight to save all of humanity. Uh, that's what's at stake. Every election, we all know that if you don't vote the right way, everyone will die. <laughs> everyone will die if you don't vote the right way. And this is the, the loving message that libertarians can spread. Which is if you don't support the right candidates, Earth will end. And uh, that's, uh, that's what we're here to, to spread tonight. So we're, uh, we're debuting the next one. Thank you so much for coming out. It really means a lot to me, uh, everyone uh, that's, that's here. And I want to keep, keep fighting the good fight and uh, keep putting out some good stuff. And so, but yeah, let's, let's do the next one. You're going to have to bear with me one minute since I'm the tech guy and uh, I get paid a lot. <laughs> Dilatory. <laughs> I'm Jeremy Kaufman, candidate for U.S. Senate. We're here deep in the New Hampshire forest. In four to six weeks, because we haven't done enough about climate change. Look at this, I mean, all around you. These leaves used to be green. Even scientists can't answer deep questions like that. That's a rare forest species. We have a tax on gasoline that is going to be alive right now. It's raining right now, you know? And uh, the climate's changing. If we didn't have global warming, this would be snow. This would be snow. And one of the things I join the Democrats and Republicans in saying is that we need to work with Bill Gates to blot out the sun. That's the only way. If we don't partner with Bill Gates to blot out the sun, the earth will literally explode. That's called climate change. You see this? Uh, that's, that's a dead branch. The solution is to vote for me. I will take your money. I will give it to people that I know, but they're going to be totally cool. You can trust me, and that's why I'm running for U.S. Senate. Do your part. Send money. It helps. I promise. Hey, Jeremy, uh, how do you feel about that one clip that I forced you to use that you didn't want to use, the condom one? I, but I like that. No, I have footage. I have it on the record. We filmed that, and you said it off the cuff, and I was like, that's brilliant, and you're like, yeah, we're going to do this tree branch one instead, because I don't want to use that condom one. And I was like, no. We had a tax on gasoline. That would still be alive right now. <laughs> Let's do that one again about not a condom because it is. <laughs> <laughs>
Are you sure? Yeah. All right. No, it's going in there. <laughs> Obviously, you know, as uh, as someone who's running a campaign, I understand when you've got to recognize when people have talent that you don't have. You know, you've got to find people. You've got to build a team. It's about yes. building a team. The team that will tell you. Yeah. The condom joke needs to go in your political ad for a U.S. Senate. Look, I'm a CEO. I my, I'm a professional at taking credit for things that other people do. I noticed. Okay? So I noticed. <laughs> <laughs> Today's episode is sponsored by Astero's Cybersecurity Services. These days, organizations of all sizes are targets for cyber criminals, disgruntled employees, or even nation state attackers. Astero's performs cybersecurity services, providing expert guidance to help organizations defend against threats and protect their data. Astero specializes in penetration testing, where they perform ethical hacking on networks, web apps, or organizations as a whole to simulate what an attacker would do and plug the discovered holes before anyone malicious finds and exploits them. Astero also specializes in vulnerability management, security awareness training, phishing simulations, cloud security audits, compliance readiness assessments, and much more. As technology expands, it becomes easier and easier to run a business. But if your security is not growing along with your company, then you're going to run into problems. If you don't personally have a company of your own, Definitely pass this information along to someone who does, because for a limited time, Asteros is offering companies an attack surface audit completely free. Let Asteros discover potential entry points to your network and how susceptible your company or organization is to cyber attacks. To learn more and to take advantage of this essential offer, just go to asteros.com forward slash free. That's asteros, A-S-T-E-R-O-S dot com forward slash free. Tacos, my favorite footage of the day so far. What's that? Clint getting tacos is my favorite footage of the day so far. <laughs> it's been a pretty boring day then. That's right. So we are here at uh, Porkfest 2022 uh, with the one, the only, the notorious Clint Russell, who he, he has a libertarian podcast. It's like something about lockdowns. I don't know if that still matters anymore now that the lockdowns are over, but I guess they'll be coming back around. So we'll see. But um, he is most notably known for being a uh, verse two on Freedom or Die, the, this, uh, this really cringy rap video that I hear on. Clint, how's it going, man? I'm good. I'm good. I, I I'll hold it. it. Makes it easier. Okay, sure. I I do feel uh, as if most people that watched that video were surprised that it wasn't as cringy as it could have been. But our normal distractors did come out of the woodworks and fucking clip of my verse in particular to drag me, which was fun. So, yeah. I I mean, we did that together. It was literally just like a hey, I'm doing this shit. Yeah, dude, Send it out. Idea. You throw you on there, whatever. Like, I, I want to like build culture and uh, you know involve more people in things like whatever they are. I enjoyed your verse. I enjoyed uh, working with you and collaborating on that thing. And I think we need more of that shit. Um, I, I, it's funny, like the people who are detractors. I don't, I don't know who any of them are. I, have you seen any of their solid work and rap career that they've been doing? Uh, no, actually, uh, I have not experienced any of their dope rhymes and fat beats. Uh, yeah, they, that's exactly how I responded. I said, I said, thanks for the plug, and also, if you think I suck, do better. Like, that's all I'm asking for, because I want our message to be in the cultural sphere, and whether or not I'm the best messenger for it, highly dubious claim sure. to say that. However... You are very good at what you do, and I think that if we can um, at least have the courage to put something out that's creative in nature, it's better to try than to not try it at all, you know? 
Absolutely. And also, I mostly don't give a shit. Like, I tried doing the band stuff. You did, like, yeah. you did music stuff back in the day, right? So we, we're familiar with, you put your shit out there and most people hate it, and that's fine. We're just making a thing. Exactly. Enjoy it or don't. That's on you. Um, Any thoughts on that? No, no. You're, I mean, you're exactly right. I, I mean, I've never taken it seriously. I think the fact that, that I've... You know, and, and for the record, I did it when I was 20, and then I didn't do it for 15 years, and then I fucking come out with my podcast, and I was like, well, what would be a good marketing tactic? And by the way, to all the haters out there, fuck you, it worked. I, I put all of the podcasts that I listened to in my opening verse, and then I just sent it out to them, or I tagged them in it when I launched it. And now I've had, I think, everybody except for Tom Woods from my my opening verse on or my outro now uh on my podcast so like fuck you it worked uh right. so that that was really all i was going for but i think the fact that like i just tried it all they're like this guy thinks he's great and i'm like no no i don't it's kind of the same as like uh i trolled dave smith to get him to come on my show and i made several videos that are calling my coward very flagrantly obviously a joke i had like the picture of sad uh ron paul that's like uh dave smith is a coward for uh not going on the system down podcast ron paul probably and people still like even with that in there they're, they're still too autistic to understand that it's a joke uh not that what we did was a joke but like they don't get it. They don't, they don't get it. That's fine. Like even you putting like these people in your intro or whatever, that might be cringe to some people, but it's like, it worked. You can't really argue with the results. Exactly. And, and at the time I was literally, no one knew who I was. I had just came from being a fat chick in a bikini, you know, profile pic to coming out publicly and saying who I was and starting the show. Wait, are you trans? <laughs> Holy shit. Don't, don't tell Tower Gang. Well, yes, I am. Um, so, yeah. It, it, you hide it well. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, I pass, as they say, uh, myself and I'm forgetting her name. Anyways, I, yeah, I just, I just really, I just really enjoy. And, and as I've said to other people, I really enjoy the process of creating. Like it, it, it stretches my brain in a way that I don't normally get to. Um, you know, like I can talk about finance and investing and economics and even to some extent, you know, anti-war, anti-government stuff in my sleep. But when it comes to trying to mix those ideas down into something that rhymes and might be palatable to the ear, uh, it's a very different process. And I, I like it. I like doing it. So like, again, you don't have to listen, though. Like, if you hate it, it's OK. Uh, but it, it, one just like with the Tower Power Hour, <laughs> you know, I, I'm perfectly fine not listening to that personally. <laughs> great idea. I would highly recommend no one listen. Uh, but but one thing that I would note is that of all the people that quote quote tweeted and retweeted the clip of my verse where the dude was dragging me. Thank you. Not a single one of them was not already blocked by me. So it was just it was just hater central. Everyone that was blocked by me already was like, I'm going to retweet this because fuck this guy. And that's fine. I get it. I get it. Oh, the, the people that hated me already enough for me to get to the point of blocking them. Uh, they don't like me. I'm, I'm shocked. Okay, cool. Uh, we've got megaphones. Who? Scott. I don't... Richard Grove? All right, cool. Anyway, uh, so your podcast, you did kind of come out of nowhere and blow up, and uh, some people, um, myself mostly, have called you a fed because of it. So uh, how, how do you, um, as a future post-libertarian alt-right member, uh, how do you feel about the allegations that you are a fed, sir? Uh, 
I can only confirm them. Uh, no, I, I totally understand it. I'm like, yeah, I'm a financially free guy in his late 30s that no one's ever heard of, and here I am, and I'm going to tell you to you know fight back against the government. That does seem very Fed-like behavior. Uh, I think, honestly, the only evidence I have in my defense is that you can't do hours and hours of conversation about this stuff without coming to a conclusion that I am either the real deal or the best liar that has ever walked the face right. of the earth, because I am fucking 100% like... I was just going to say locked and loaded. That would have been a bad time to say that. Uh, I am just the real deal when it comes to like fighting what we're up against, I really believe. And, and the whole reason I got involved is because I really felt as if this was probably, I mean, not only was I in a financial position where I was capable of doing it, but also the tyranny had increased to such, a, such an extent that like anybody that sensed what was going wrong with the world had to feel a a draw or a drive to try and do something to change the trajectory of things. And in my very, very minor way, I just wanted to be a participant in that fight. Because ultimately, like, even if I think it's a losing battle, um, I'm going to go down fighting, man. That's just that's just how I am and it's how I've, how I've been raised. And I just feel like the more people do it, the better our odds get that, like, maybe we can turn this thing back. Now, a lot of people have said Nick Sarwark is a Fed, and um, my biggest argument to that is, well, if he's a Fed, he's a really dedicated one, and he's been in this for longer than you have, so, you know, I, I don't think your argument really holds up. Uh, that's that's a fair point, <laughs> except for the fact that every time you put Nick on any long-form interview, he says some shit that you're like, that dude doesn't sound like a libertarian at all. Whereas you tell me voting for John McCain or Adolf Hitler if they were the libertarian candidate is not a libertarian position? I controversially i'm going to say no it's not uh, it's very brave of you call, call me a gatekeeper if you must but <laughs> i think if you vote for hitler you're probably not a libertarian i don't know yep yep uh so uh you've been making the rounds is this your first time at Porkfest? it is yeah I, I lost my virginity i'm one of the only libertarians to have lost their virginity so this is great josh lost his this year too <laughs> when she had <laughs> nine tuplets or whatever it's yeah, called yeah. incredible he lost his pork pet Porkfest virginity, at least. But you've been giving these speeches on uh, ESG. Is that it? Right. I, I'm not that familiar, even as a conspiracy guy. So tell me a little bit about that. Oh, my God, dude. You got three hours? Uh, ESG. Is I do, actually. Okay, okay. Well, ESG is environmental, social, and government. Uh, social being justice, environment being Green New Deal, and governments being or governance being uh, you know how you're going to uh, constitute your board and things of that nature. So it's a, a metric that was created through the UN uh, in 2004 uh, under Kofi Annan, who was former uh, Secretary General of the UN, where he reached out to 50 of the biggest corporations on Earth, and he sends this letter saying we need to have capitalist, not America, global capitalism. Uh, work in tandem with the governments, aka he called for fascism, yeah. and guess what? All of the big businesses respond positively saying, that sounds like a great idea. And because of that, wokeism has now taken over uh, corporate America and just corporate environment globally uh, to such an extent that I think that civilization is on the verge of collapse because they are propagating this anti-white, but moreover, uh, you know, woke and and victimhood culture of everybody that's not in the you know straight white male uh, demographic. It's it's really toxic. It's completely unprogressive if you use it in the dictionary definition, not the you know literal def or not the actual use of progressivism today. Um, and 
I think it's it's probably the most egregious conspiracy that has happened. It happened in broad daylight. They write books about it. Klaus Schwab, the World Economic Forum, is propagating it. Uh, Bill Gates is a participant. Uh, most most uh, notoriously, Larry Fink, the CEO of BlackRock, who manages over ten trillion dollars. There is now over fifty trillion dollars, some, by some estimates, at minimum thirty trillion dollars that are being managed under ESG guidance, where they are able to defund any business that doesn't propagate ESG. Uh, so. They are taking over the business world. It was basically a backdoor to, uh, to, what's it called? What's it called? The uh, credit scores. I don't know. Credit scores. Sorry. I'm going to say credit scores, and I had the mic, so it... I've been drinking I, all day. I've been drinking all day, Dan. <laughs> uh, social credit scores. It was a backdoor to social credit scores. They came up with corporate credit scores, and that's how it works. So that's the implementation metric. Gotcha. So I, I am like familiar with the idea and the premise, but I didn't know that there was like a phrase for it at this point. I mean, like wokeism and stuff like that and divide and conquer. Obviously, I talk about that on my show all the time and all, all this stuff. Um, and even Tim Pool talks about it. But uh, this ESG label is new to me. It, where does like where does this come from? Who came up with it? That, that was Kofi Annan in 2004. He in it. He he uses the, the phrase ESG um, and and they wrote that you could read the papers like you could Google it and look it up and, and, and read it. And it, it was, I don't know who's, you know, it was probably some college professor's brainchild. I, I'm sure they were. But it's not like a new thing. No, 20, uh, it's going on 20 years now wow. that it's been being implemented. So uh, it didn't really pick up steam until the Occupy Wall Street movement. I think that it was utilized as a response to crush the populist leftist movement. Yeah. As Dave Smith has theorized multiple times, I don't think that at the time Dave understood ESG or understood the mechanism by which they were implementing it. This is the answer. This is the actual skeleton key to unlock all of the mysteries of our civilizational collapse over the past 20 years. Yeah, and I talked about that in my speech yesterday too. Like, I didn't know anything about ESG, but I'm talking about like, you know, the, the CIA has their woke ads like, join the murder cult in order to, like, because you're a black, trans, whatever, single mother, uh, it's, it, it, I mean, they all kill the same at the end of the day. Uh, so they're like, whatever we have to say to get you. And if you find yourself ever agreeing, like feeling persuaded or emotionally swayed by the murder cult, you might be, I don't know, in the wrong, in the wrong field or something. But I, I mean, it's palatable. It's obvious that this stuff is happening. And like when you see the CIA focusing in on this stuff, that's how you know. Well, most importantly is the, the way you know that it's a, a dual-pronged attack is because you have the woke mob from all of the Marxist education that they've received, the young people. Uh, they come from the left with cancel culture. From the right is all of the biggest money managers on earth that will divest from your company if you don't also go woke. So you have both sides of it. What kind of, what kind of CEO is going to look at that and say, yeah, fuck it. I'm just going to proceed how I want. Like the vast majority, as we've now witnessed firsthand, are willing to cave because they realize that it is the end of their corporation if they don't acquiesce. And I think that the only way we fight back is if there's a uh, countervailing populist revolt from people that are anti-woke. And I know that sounds very, I don't know. It's alt-right. Yeah, it does. It sounds all right. It does. <laughs> but like it, it's if you value capitalism which I do deeply, uh, this is not that. 
And it's very important that people understand that because otherwise they will not be identifying the root cause of this. And ultimately the central banks, which is why the libertarians have to be involved with this, we have to explain that the reason BlackRock and State Street and Vanguard all have the capacity to do this in the first place is because of the relationship to the Federal Reserve and the Fed, you know, the Fed window. Uh, so that's, it's a, it's a very, it's a multi-decade, multi-tiered problem and it is absolutely real it is it is a conspiracy but it is not a theory and i'm just doing my damnedest to wake people up before it's too late absolutely yeah and in my talk yesterday i talked about like um you know all all of these you know media outlets and the mainstream media uh the uh i don't know the the cathedral in general like uh hollywood and uh academia they all just happen to agree on everything which we've got like the most free like Everybody here is a libertarian. I would I would venture to say, or at least the vast majority, and they all they none of them agree. At, well, sure, uh, <laughs> none of them agree on most things. Like we have a lot of the same like structure, but uh, then when you get outside of here, as as dysfunctional or, or whatever, like we all disagree on things, but we all function together. And then you get outside of here, and everybody just happens to agree on everything. And you look back at like MK Ultra and Operation, uh, what is it? Not uh, Mockingbird. Yes, uh, talked about that yesterday. Operation Mockingbird, and then that turned into Operation. Have you heard of MH Chaos? It's just Isabel, but just the rebranding of Operation Mockingbird. Um, but like the rebranding of these things, and like the psyop division and stuff like that. You look. Uh, you can just Wikipedia these things and find out. Uh, the reason why you don't know about them is because they're really good at their jobs. They just keep rebranding, and like then you assume that they're not doing it anymore. But now we see like these things happening in in uh, real time. And in 2013, under Barack Obama, they uh, they made it legal again to propagandize U.S. citizens, but we're just supposed to be like, yeah, these people just all happen to agree on all these woke shit. You're, you're exactly right. And then what we have experienced, particularly over the past decade since it's become legal to propagandize the American people, is that they are fucking doing it. And they, they used it with COVID first off, but there's, I forget the name of the operation, but it was like in the 1950s or 60s where the CIA was trying to understand why Marxism was so successful. And in it, they, they identified the dialectic, and in that, they decided that at some point, we may want to utilize this to use race relations in America to divide and conquer the American people. And that is exactly what we are experiencing today. And I don't think that that's too fucking Alex Jonesy. Like, I really genuinely believe that's what's happening, and it explains so much of, like, why everything's falling apart. Yeah. Absolutely. So, um... As the lockdown guy, you started a thing based off the lockdown. Do you have any concern about, uh, you know, your, your, your branding uh, not having as much impact now? Uh, I mean, let's be honest. Like, if we're not literally locked down, in terms of, like, government tyranny, I, I don't see that diminishing starkly since I began my show. So I, I think that... I, can I mean, we've got gas lockdowns and climate lockdowns are coming, so I think you're, you're going to be safe. <laughs> Unfortunately, I think my branding is going to be okay for the foreseeable future. I would, as I've said many times, if we, you know, if Encapistan were to just, like, if everything were to crumble and Encapistan were to rise in its place, I would gladly stop doing this. Like, I don't, I don't really enjoy focusing on all this fucking negative shit. It really bums me out, to be honest. But until I am living in a better tomorrow, uh, yeah, I think the branding's safe. Right on. So uh, what do you think is the most important thing for people to look into right now in the world with everything happening with inflation, with uh, divide and conquer, all this stuff? Uh, what do you think is the most important and crucial thing for people to be focusing on? Uh, I mean, it's it's it depends on what they're trying to do. But if you are at any if you're in any sense looking into investing, 
uh, I would definitely be watching the Fed's decisions when it comes to interest rate hikes over the coming you know, six months or so. If they proceed with the additional half rate interest rate hikes, I think that you're going to see continued uh, you know, deflationary pressure across, across all asset classes, including real estate. Uh, so I think that that's something that you know, if you're interested, I'll shameless plug Liberty Lockdown if you want to actually uh, you know, stick with my analysis as this stuff unfolds. Uh, other than that, I, I really believe that ESG is the most important thing for people to wrap their head around. It is complicated. It is complex, but it's really the everything issue, you know. Um, so I hope I hope more people will will start to understand it. Uh, Vivek Ramaswamy and and uh, James Lindsay have done incredible work in really documenting this and starting to open people's eyes. And now Glenn Beck is is doing it too. So I'm hopeful that, you know, more and more people as they they come to terms with what we're up against, they will realize that we all need to come together on this, like even a dare I say, in a bipartisan nature. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I mean, it's complex because it's brainwashing. Like, it's it's propaganda. It's literally manipulating you to, to okay. believe something. So uh, convincing people to break outside of the matrix is the, the problem that we're up against. Um, now, do you have, um, are, are you more white-pilled? Or are you more black-pilled? Like, how do we work around this? Do you have any thoughts? Yeah, well, I mean, you're asking me after I'm hanging out with a couple thousand libertarians. So I'll say white-pilled right now, but... Uh, but you're also pretty high, so <laughs> I'm really drunk. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I every day I wake up, I feel differently. As I've said many times, like short term, I'm pretty black pilled. Long term, I still maintain a tremendous sense of optimism because I feel, you know, maybe it's just because of my own, you know, lived experience, as some woke asshole would say. Uh, you know, I've I've found this community. I've found tremendous support from people all over the world that are now. You know, listening and supporting my show and, and, you know, DMing me that saying, you know, your your venting about the lockdowns kept me sane, you know, shit like that. It just it's hard not to feel good, you know, as as much as I'm looking at all of the darkness uh, that's almost entirely state derived. I still maintain faith in humanity, faith in liberty, faith in our capacity to weather and grow through almost insurmountable odds. So. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing if I didn't ultimately have a deep sense of optimism. So I guess I'm white-pilled. Right on. Now, uh, Porkfest, your first year here. Um, is there anything specifically that brings you out other than you being brought out to speak? Uh, is there anybody in particular that you're looking forward to seeing or like how has it been so far? Uh, it's been it's been great, man. I, I, I really, I love the opportunity. I've never given hour-long speeches and I had to do two hour long speeches in back to back days. So that was fucking incredibly daunting. I'm not done with that. And I'm able to just do, you know, interviews and meet people and hang out. So I'm really starting to actually enjoy my time here. The first 48 hours was just like pure stress factory. Um, but it's, it's an amazing environment. I'm, I'm floored by just the kindness, the happiness, like everyone, even though we're like all going to these seminars where we talk about the darkest shit, uh, in between, there's just a beautiful sense of community. And, and I, I can't wait to come back. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for giving me the time today. And um, l I'm going to give you the mic now, and you're going to talk into the camera and tell them anything that you want to tell them, any anything at all, literally, uh, anything you want to promote. Uh, let them know like what the next step is in your hip-hop career or whatever you have coming up, man. But uh, anything that you want, the, the floor is yours. Here you go. Should I just go? Yep. All right. Everybody out there, this is the most important thing I have to say to you today. Unsubscribe from the system is down. It's vitally important 
that you unsubscribe from Dan Smuts. He has been trying to take credit for Jeremy Kaufman's ad campaign. I want you to understand that it has been a one-man show. Jeremy Kaufman has edited all of that. It hasn't been Dan. The entire time. Not Dan. No. Jeremy Kaufman, exclusively. Go subscribe to Jeremy Kaufman's show, whatever the fuck that's called. But most importantly, unsubscribe from The System is Down. Thank you. Awesome. <laughs> you don't have to run that. Oh, I'm going to. And I, coincidentally, happen to manage the most money of any human being on Earth other than central banks. Dun, 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 dun. Hey guys, thanks for watching. Be sure to like and subscribe on your way out and help us change the world one uncomfortable conversation at a time. And if you like what you hear and you want to hear more, go join the Downers Club at patreon.com forward slash the systems down for bonus episodes of the show every single week. Until next time, please continue to question everything, stand comfortable, and I'll talk to you then. Thanks. This has been a Goulash Media production. Goulashmedia.net. This concludes our broadcast day. Click.